This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to AG1 for supporting our show. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash made for this. That's drinkag1.com slash made for this. Today's episode is going to go in the Made For This historical archives because you're about to hear a really, really special conversation with Jenny and one of her heroes, Dr. Robert Coleman. Dr. Coleman wrote a book that might be familiar to you called The Master Plan of Evangelism. Dr. Coleman's passion for discipleship and for evangelism is truly challenging, inspiring, and comforting just listening to him. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here's today's conversation with Jenny and Dr. Coleman. I am so honored to have my guest today, Dr. Coleman. He is the author of a book that changed my life, really set my course for ministry in college. It is called The Master Plan of Evangelism. And if you've never read it, it is the shortest, simplest book but it is life-changing and it gives really the model of Jesus and how he did ministry and encourages us to do the same. All of us know we have a mission. We have a mission and it's called discipleship. If you know Jesus, you are part of that. And what Dr. Coleman does in this book is so simple and so good. So Dr. Coleman, welcome to the show. We're so honored to have you. And so a little bit about your story. You are a professor for many years. And this, you were, I mean, I didn't even know this was a potential, but you were a professor of evangelism. Is that right? That's right. And so where did that passion come from for you? I have to say it was just by grace of God that I was given the opportunity to to teach at a seminary. I was able to reflect upon my life to see how God had led me And as I think of evangelism, I think it begins as a boy. My mother loved Jesus, and she didn't hesitate to talk about the Lord. She was a Sunday school teacher. My dad was a strict disciplinarian, and he would uh, make sure that I obeyed what was right. I appreciate that. So I learned growing up God's love, and I must discipline my life and obey the word of God. One of the providences of the Lord was to get me in a situation where I really had to study the Bible when I was asked to be a professor of evangelism. I had never studied that subject before precisely. So I began where you always begin, and that's with Jesus. And that's how I came to write the master plan, which were really the notes of what I was finding as I read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, which were my teachers. It was the people that I met along the way that really unfolded the meaning 
of what I was learning. And it focuses in the love of God who loved us in spite of our sin. He loved us because he knew something better for us. He made us in his image and enabled us to learn in the way he wanted us to live. And so that's what I have been trying to do. And fortunately, God has brought people into my life that could teach me things that I needed to learn. One of the most memorable experiences I had years ago was I was just really beginning to teach in seminary. And I had a student who was a pastor over in the southern part of Virginia, had a lot of churches in Buchanan County, which is about the wildest country that I've ever known in the mountains. But it was a wonderful place to learn. And I remember one morning with a, that pastor and his friend starting out down a trail in Deskins Hollow. On the other side of the street was a school, Deskin Street, where I was preaching in a revival. And I came across an old coal miner who was just coming home from work. He was covered with coal dust, and I just barely could see his face through all the, the coal dust on his, on, on his body. I had to come to the issue very quickly because I had an appointment in a few hours. He was standing in what was a small creek where earlier that day there had been a rain and about two inches of cold mountain water was running over the, the stones in the creek. And I introduced myself, told him I was preaching at the Deskins Church. And, and I, to get to the question, I just asked him, are you a Christian? Not really the, the most diplomatic way to begin a conversation, but considering the circumstances that I had an appointment later, I came right to the board and he said, no, he was not. And I said, well, would you like to be a Christian? He didn't respond. So I began to just tell him who Jesus was, that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead, that he had all power in heaven and earth and he could save us from our sin. And he looked at me without any response. But I just said, would you really like to know that you were saved? And he didn't respond. So I began to tell him again about Jesus. And then I began to weave into it the basic re reality that by faith in Jesus Christ, turning from sin in true repentance, we could be redeemed. We could be made a new creation. And I asked him, would you like to know that? And he didn't really respond, but I could tell that he heard what I said. And so I went over it again and then came back to the question, would you like to pray for right now for your, your soul that Jesus would save you? Well, I believe you could be saved now if you really believed on Jesus Christ who died for you and rose from the dead. And I slipped my arm around his shoulder and I knew he heard me. I said, would you like to pray right now? Now, this is a little to the point, more than I would normally ask, but you've got to re remember the circumstances. I have an appointment in a few minutes in another place, I've got to get on my way. And he said, well, he would like to be saved. And so I went over the plan of salvation in a simple way again. And I said, we could pray about this right now. If you're truly willing to turn your life over to Jesus, I put my arm around the soldier. And then I just began to kneel. And he followed the example. And both of us were soon kneeling there in what was the middle of this creek. I just kept moving on. I said, well, 
just go and ask God to save you. And he rather humbly said, I've never prayed. I don't know how to pray. I said, well, did you let me pray for you? And you repeat after me what I'm saying? It's a simple way to get someone else to pray. He said, well, I can do that. So I started to pray, dear Jesus. And I went on from there. I am a sinner. I believe God, you love me. Jesus, your son died on a cross for my sin and rose from the grave. I believe you can do anything. And when I finished, I went over it in a simple way again. Could you pray right now? I just finished the prayer and began to thank God. I said, you need to thank God for what he's done for you. You're going to believe this. I went over it again and I said, you sure you believe this or you're going to turn your life over to Jesus? And he said, yes, I will. And I had no reason to, to question him any further, but I just began to thank God. It just happened so quickly. The preacher and his friend across the other side of the creek said they couldn't believe what their eyes saw. And, you know, sometimes God surprises us with the way one is prepared. I believe anybody that that day had come and talked to him about Jesus, he would have given his life to, to the Lord. So mm -hmm. I just went on home with him. I, I said, you live here nearby? He said, yes, I live just around the bend there. So I followed him home. I said, will your wife be home? She said, oh, yes, and I have a son that will also be home. And as we turned around the bend, I I saw a boy there standing at the gate of this railing fence. As we opened the gate and walked through, he began to drag his leg behind. I knew he, he was hurt. It wasn't until later I learned that when he was smaller, he had had polio and it had left him as a cripple. So he walked up to the house, which was just really about a one-room house that had a shed on the back of it where they, I suppose, had a kitchen. And his wife was at the door. I, mentioned to her that I'd met her husband coming up the trail and that God had done something wonderful for him and he'd like to tell you about it. He kind of nodded his head. Tell her what the Lord has done for you. Mr. Meadows, that was his name I'd learned, just said, I think the Lord has saved me. Well, when he said that, <laughs> his dear wife started to shout the praises of God. I think she was a Christian, but I said in a few days I'll be in this same part of the country. I could come by and visit you then because I knew it would be important to get out and sit, have a chance to, to visit and talk to her and find out more about the story. And so I said, I think I could come over and maybe have supper for you in three or four days. And so I counted out the days. I said, now, next Saturday night, would you be at home? I could come here and visit you. And she said, yes, that would be fine. So we made plans for, for me to come back. And I did later, and we went over this again. And they had a dinner <laughs> fit for a king. They couldn't get all the food on this little table that was in the center of the room. I tried to eat while I was still trying to encourage my friend, Mr. Meadows, about the Lord. And that was the beginning of a relationship that I believe will continue on forever. And how wonderful it was to come back in a few days and sit on the table and heal the whole story. How his son, when he was a boy, had the polio and how he dearly loved his dad and his mom sometimes would be picking blackberries on the mountainside and she could hear her son back at the house praying for her husband. And oh, I remember before I left, 
that day I turned to the boy as he followed us back to the gate. I said, will you remember one thing for sure? When you think of me, will you pray for, for me that God will help me live for the word, for the grace of God? And he said he would. And I believe if that boy is living today, he might still be living. He's been praying for me, but I know most of all, his prayers are answered. And that was the most memorable experience, I guess, I've ever had because it was so different, so unexpected, mm -hmm. and so beautiful in the way God brought it to a climax in seeing this boy come to Jesus and answer the prayer of his mother and his father. Oh, that's what salvation is all about in evangelism, seeing someone come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. The instances in the Bible are all different. There are not very many scenes of great crowds responding to the invitation, although Jesus sometimes preached to crowds. But as you've read the master plan, that was not the focus of Jesus. Jesus invested most of his life with a handful of people who followed him. And that's what he asked them to do. Follow me, he said. And that's the secret of knowing the blessings of the Lord, just following the best you understand, Jesus, as you continue to study the scriptures and learn how to pray like Jesus prayed and then reach out and tell others what you've learned. That's the beauty of evangelism. It never gets old. There's always something new, something fresh to learn. And Jesus is the focus of it all. You don't have to learn all the secrets that God knows. You just have to tell your story and tell someone else how by true faith in Jesus Christ and repentance, you can come to Christ and he will save you. That's the story of the gospel. And that's what I've been trying to do all these years. And the beautiful thing, the longer you live, the more you're amazed at the grace of God and you anticipate more and more what we'll have in the reunion around the throne of God in heaven. And I expect to see that old coal miner there. And I expect him to be with that son, that boy. And we'll praise God forever. God is always leading us to something different that we haven't yet discovered in the grace of God. He conforms us to his image. That's the whole purpose of his plan for our life, to know him and to love him and to find our joy in him. I say hallelujah. Sometimes I get blessed just thinking about it <laughs> because the best is yet to be. And when you get to be 95, you realize it's not going to be too long before yeah. your faith will turn to sight. And I'm looking to that day, and God's grace is sufficient all oh. along the trail. Every single morning, I drink AG1. AG1 has helped me save so much time and makes my life so much easier in the mornings because it's one scoop in some water. Um, I like to do it with ice water. I quickly noticed when I started taking AG1, how much my energy was sustained through the day and my digestion improved. I sleep better. I didn't really notice until I stopped drinking it for a period of time. I could tell pretty quickly that I didn't have the same pep in my step. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash made for this. Truthfully, I used to take like a handful of vitamins every morning, like my probiotic, magnesium, multivitamin, like all the different things. And it would take 
15 minutes just to take my vitamins. And AG1 is a great bang for your buck. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, whole food sourced ingredients that are high quality and give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. The AG1 travel packs are awesome because when you're going on a trip and you're going to be gone for a few nights, I just put a few AG1 packets in my bag and even when I'm on the go, I can still drink my AG1 in the morning. With AG1, taking good care of my body each day is really that simple. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash made for this. That's drinkag1.com slash made for this. Check it out. Let's talk about the master plan of evangelism because when I was in, in college, I didn't, you know, we, the internet wasn't, I mean, certainly we had the internet, but it wasn't like it is today where people had platforms and the types of social media that we have now. And now I think people believe their biggest point of impact is to do something really big for God, to do something really public for God. But you really built the story of, no, like this is about your living room. This is about a few people discipling a few people who disciple a few people. Talk about what you saw from the gospels, how Jesus did it, how he changed the world. Well, Jesus led the way by just asking some men to follow him. And that's what faith really means to put into practice what you have learned about Jesus. And he gives us an example to follow. And that's the essence of the way to learn it, to follow the pattern that Jesus has laid down in his own life and ministry. So we already have someone to follow. It's a personal relationship. And the thing is, it never gets old because the more you live, the closer you get to heaven, the more real is the expectancy of your faith turning to sight. And I realize that more now than I used to. The best is yet to come. So you don't let the discouragements around you in the world, listening to the news, you just try to focus on the glory that is yet to come. And the reality of heaven moves in on you more as you grow in grace and knowledge. Thank God we grow. He's not finished with us yet because the best is yet to come. And that's been the privilege that I've had being a teacher in seminary, of, I guess, about 65 years. And some of the best students that a person could ever have, I, I've had the privilege of trying to share my life with. And I remember when I saw the pattern of Jesus, the first day that I came to class, I said, boys, I want to try to get acquainted with you. And I know we can't all be together here in the classroom, but I'd invite you to meet with me in the morning at six o'clock. If you'd come over here, we'll read the Bible together and we'll pray together. And that began a pattern that I tried to meet with a few students in a small group every week, which grew to almost every day. And that's what I still try to do. The pattern has changed from time to time. I'm, I meet now with a larger group of men on Saturday morning in Bob Evans restaurant. All I do is just come there to pray. That's what they asked me to do to pray. But I 
enlarge the prayer to a few more minutes because I know most of these men don't go to church. And so I bring the gospel in as a pray. You can do that. And then we're together. Oh, about six weeks ago, I had my 95th birthday and they surprised me with a birthday party, a big birthday cake. <laughs> so the little group that we usually have from about a dozen to 15 had grown to 43 at that table there in Bob Evans restaurant. And what a privilege it was to meet some old friends now that had come back. And that's what I look to now every Saturday as I come to that day, a couple of men who live in this condo complex where I live now, but I have the privilege of at least that certain meeting every week with some men that are wanting to grow and believe in prayer. You know, prayer is the secret of it all. Jesus teaches us what it means to pray. If we just follow him, he's frequently just praying. And out of that prayer, you can begin to learn what he's trying to teach us. I have that privilege with some men every week. Oh, how great it is to think about God, to think about the future, to think about the better days that are yet to come when we won't have to live in this old, tired, aching body, but we can come to him in the glory of a new age and a new body and to praise God forever. And there won't be any interruptions and we'll know each other then as we're known. Oh, we'll really get to know people as they are. Right now, we think we know people, but we don't know what they've been through. We don't know everything in their mind, but then we'll know people in their true character as God made them to be. Isn't that something to look forward to? I, it's a joy just to think about to think about the glory that belongs to Jesus. And life is made so that we can learn to praise God. That's the language of heaven. And we never get finished. There's always something new, something better. God is so good and so infinite in his love. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, I just feel so grateful for your faith. I think, you know, there's there's so much fear in the world. Everybody's afraid. And even the Christians are afraid. But you don't seem afraid at all. No. I've tried to teach the boys that I meet with, don't be afraid of people because they are looking for somebody like you that will show that you love them. And that's the secret of evangelism. God is love and he expresses himself in his actions of love. So we never really finish what we're continuing to learn that'll go on forever. And that's been the privilege that I've had for 65 years to teach in seminaries. And God always is there to give us a new introduction to something different, something that's wonderful. And I look forward to learning more as I get older. You know, we, the Bible tells us we have sometimes seen an angel unawares. Well, I have one that takes care of me now because my daughter is my caretaker. Oh. And she's an angel. That's the she angel. Is. She and is. God has given me people like that along the trail. And I have so many friends now that I look forward to meeting in that day when there won't be any farewells. Isn't that wonderful? Right. I can't wait. Dr. Coleman, what you have done, you will see also in heaven. That when you get to heaven, you will see how many people have made disciples and shared their faith because of your words. That will be That'll a be happy a, thing too. That'll be a blessing to look forward to. And I'm sure that they have done it better than I have done. Oh. They're older. They've had more experiences. They can profit some, 
some of my mistakes because in the way that you work with people, you share yourself and you tell what's, what you have learned it through your mistakes. Often those are our greatest teachers mm. and you try to help them escape some of the pit holes that you have fallen into along the trail. But there's always going to be more to talk about in heaven as we think upon the mercies yeah. of God that continue to be fresh, never old, always look into something new, something better. Can we get coffee when we're there? <laughs> I can't wait to meet you in person. Wonderful things you learn in the last days of life because those are the days that God has been training you for. You couldn't understand some of these things later, earlier on. But mm. when you get my age, you're more sensitive and you mm. long for the next lesson. I've still got a lot more to because the best is yet to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it. If you haven't already ordered Master Plan of Evangelism after listening to that, you need to go order it right now. You can go to Amazon or most book retailers and search Master Plan of Evangelism. We will make sure to link it in the show notes as well. Thank you for being here today. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. If you haven't already, can you rate, review, and subscribe to the show? Jenny and I read every single review and they just encourage us so much, mean so much to us. And all of your ratings help other people find the show. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.